when you are going to venture out in the market no i am not talking about the normal neighboring market where you go and buy your groceries i am talking about the digital market or the e market or to be very precise the digital marketing field where you are going to build your social and personal brand in it can be on any social media platform for that case like linkedin twitter quora or medium and there you would be struck by like myriads of distractions such as lack of confidence demotivation poor guidance and hesitation when you try to build a personal brand for yourself and to represent yourself away from the crowd so who else can explain this phase better than someone who's in the game well this guy has started building his personal brand on linkedin by consistently putting up regular content for the past 2 months and believe me his posts are doing a really great job and it has got amazing engagement and he was also able to create his own identity in the competitive field of freelance content writing and now he has successfully bagged the role of full time content writer with a high pay in a fast growing service based startup so meet vinith vikram a content writer with the right command and approach over the words Hello Vinith. Hi Amrita, you said a lot of things about me and now I'm feeling the pressure. Well, you deserve each and every word which I said. You? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you over here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be your first victim. <laughs> so yes, you're the first ever person I'm interviewing on this podcast and uh, yeah, so welcome again. No, thanks. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> So how far you been and congrats on your new job so transitioning from freelancing to full time content writing is a remarkable feat. No, oh, I don't think so. It's uh, no, actually I was a freelance writer for like full time freelancer for less than 6 months. And uh, actually freelancing was quite rewarding but the problem was I was working day and night and I had no time. The prop the first of concern I had was I have a problem saying no when people say like you have to do this and uh, I can't say no because if I say no they might be look for a replacement and might not call me again so that kind of insecurity and uh, these things made me to switch to full time career yeah so even i have faced that uh, issue but uh, eating uh, more than how much your stomach could hold uh, then that's going to leave it uh, to blast right so you need to take care oh, of that right yeah yeah but, uh, yeah so i thought that no maybe full time writing was is my thing to do so Also, it gives me more time to think about other things on weekends. I can do, I can upskill myself. I can learn more. That's why I thought freelance. That's why I quit freelancing and decided to take a full-time job. Yeah, both freelancing and full-time, they have their own pros and cons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, my question, uh, my first ever question would be: So, are the freelancing but quite competitive? And there are like lot and lot of content writers now. Uh, and in every even in entire uh, two cities uh, uh, content writing has been mushrooming at every corner uh. so how did you carve a place for yourself uh, in this competitive niche as a freelance content writer yeah content writing is booming everywhere people are understanding what content can do for them it's, it's, it is the core of it is, it is how it is the core of marketing it is the core of marketing of course and everything they do is revolving around content so 
So um, yeah, uh, then you know how I thought, Mr. Rubens, I started as a ghoster, I, I was ghosting for a non-freelancer and she actually gave me the push that I can do, uh, I can actually become a full-time freelancer because I was, because my, she liked me writing this, right, she got that. So, uh, I was, I was, I was quite afraid during the, when, when I started writing, when I, when I completely quit my job and started, I was quite afraid of what if I don't get enough projects and all. But then I, I, after that I found out LinkedIn, LinkedIn was, LinkedIn was a boom to every small freelancer. Yeah. Yeah, they can grab right also. Every recruiter, every decision maker, and then I'm appeal to them. So, I knew I was, I knew I was good. I knew, I was confident in my writing, and so if I can get my writing to, if, my, if I can get people to read my writing, so that's what, uh, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, at the end of the day that's rewarding, right? Uh, so somebody is going to read your post and uh, yeah, it can be a post or a blog or a website content and they are going to relate to it uh, and they are going to take actions on it. Uh, so that's rewarding as a writer, isn't it? Yeah, it is it's quite rewarding and the feeling that you can entice someone writing, that's good. Yeah, that's absolutely the one. That's what uh, makes us uh, writers at the end of the day, right? Like, we, we do yeah. love our job and we do love our passion, yeah. Yeah. So, recently I have given a seminar on digital marketing uh, in an arts and science college at Coimbatore, right? So, how was your experience? Oh, it was awesome. From when I was in college, I was too naive when I was in college. I had no idea how real world was. I had no clue how people will perceive what we do. But these guys, when I went to the college, people were super curious and they had right to succeed. I was, every moment I was bombarded with questions and maybe teachers going too. It was, it was awesome. I, uh, I never thought I would get such a reception. And I still have people pinging me for questions. They have doubts. They still ping me and I'll be there for them every moment. Yeah, nowadays students, they are more curious about uh, digital marketing and social media marketing. I think uh, with the boom of uh, uh, meme marketing, I think now meme marketing is the largest uh, uh, industry, I guess, uh, especially yeah, in yeah, the field yeah. of uh, uh, IT and everywhere you can, you can find memes and memes are like quite relatable as well, right? Yeah, yeah, they are quite relatable and a lot of big names are actually spending lakhs in memes because they are to people. Yeah, and just that a uh, sight of, you know, a Batman or a Joker uh, whom they related with their product and they are going to get uh, uh, attached to what the message is and that, that's, more, that's what makes them take actions, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, and everyone knows the cat thing. You know, a woman is shouting at a cat and the cat is just looking at the dinner table. <laughs> that thing was super hilarious and everyone can relate to it. Yeah, there are so many companies like uh, Oreo, and uh, yeah. especially uh, Zometo, Siggy yeah, is nailing yeah, with Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like one more thing I wanted to ask, when you gave seminar, yeah. uh, you told me right that day, like students initially they were hesitant to ask questions, uh, but uh, I think this is what uh, is the major problem over here. Students, they are finding it hard to represent themselves. Uh. No, yeah. actually, when when the when the session started, they were actually quite hesitant of what to do. But after I started cracking jokes, they joined too. They cracked jokes, and I was even cracking jokes. That's how we bonded, and that's how they got over the fear. Who is this guy? And because I'm relatively a new guy, a complete stranger. Why would they approach? But after that, they were cool. They were pretty cool, and every one of them bonded to me. And I still have a lot of people calling. I told you, right? yeah. Yeah, that uh, initial uh, hesitation and all that could be. 
avoided when you just crack jokes and when you uh, try to yeah, 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 that's that's yeah. So how can students get rid of stage fear and so today you have given uh, that speech right? I'm like you, how they can give a speech? For example, how they can represent themselves in any other college? Like how can students get rid of stage and social fear to be very precise? Okay, when I go to stage, when I stand on stage, I see everyone as, some, as my learners. Some, everyone, every single person, even someone completely unrelated to the stage, I see everyone of them as they want to learn from me. So that way, I can turn my nervousness into compassion and that helps me speak loud and clearly. So even when I was in my school, I did have like severe stage fear. Once what happened, I was asked to give a physics uh, seminar. And my okay. hand it started to shiver and people, everyone uh, from my first bench to the last bench uh, friends they were able to see like my hands were shivering and I... It was my size. For me, for me it was the size. <laughs> for me it was the size. But yeah, eventually we have to get our stage and we have three points and whatever we do. Yeah, but one thing I was determined, I'm not going to just read whatever was in the book. I just tried to give the seminar and somehow I finished it, but it was a total flaw. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Actually, when, when I was in college, I had problems giving seminar too. I just go stand there and then read everything on the board. When when someone interrupts me, that's it. I just get off the stage, I just get off the podium and go to my place and ma'am, whatever whatever the master is going to give me, I'm happy with it even if it's a zero. <laughs> that's how I was. but. <laughs> the transition was cool. Yeah, so when I was in college, once when I uh, when I was taking chemistry seminar, the whole class, they just dozed off. What? <laughs> yeah, and uh, people, uh, like my friends, Sashi was giving back comments. Like, they were just saying, Amrita, please stop it, yaar, enough, podu, podu. I was like, I was determined to complete it. Okay, sleep, you doze off. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to finish my task, you know, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And oh, so you do pretty much did whatever what a Max teacher does to the entire class. Yeah, of course. So that's something to be proud of. You should be proud of that. Yeah, but I was more terrified having Max teacher to my friend <laughs> like that day. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but still, I somehow I overcame it. Like, I did have done MCs and I was just a part of this school. I can sing decently. So, I was a part of this choir group. Like singing national anthem and uh, the Tamil Thai Walter, which we sing right in school and colleges. So I was into all that. So oh, okay. I somehow I just got rid of the stage fear. And now I'm not, I'm not done yet. Like I still shiver when uh, suddenly you ask me to give any presentation. I, I just need some preparation. Actually. Yeah, the preparation everyone, everyone does. Even, even the greatest of the writers, I think, will have trouble without if, if they are not prepared. Yeah, so to just overcome that uh, stage fear, I think uh, you need to challenge yourself and it, it requires practice. Like you need to keep uh, giving speeches. Uh, yeah, stand in front of a mirror, stand in front of a mirror or when you are bathing, just hold the shampoo bottle and shout all the hell you can. Yeah, and you need to make use of every chance, as you said, from the time you take bath to the time you are asked to give a presentation. You just need to make uh, use of each and every opportunity in any form yeah. it can be. Yeah, yeah it yeah, could yeah. be uh, like you could be the only person in the room, or it could be uh, some hundred uh, or like hundred people in the crowd. You just need to make use of uh, the opportunities. I think that that's what uh, is the first step to deep stage fear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also I don't think we need any accent or uh, 
you need to just have that posh vocabulary and you just need to be clear yeah, but yeah. Yeah. stage speaking and yeah. uh, public speaking is completely different it has nothing to do with that Yeah, yeah, so, but, hmm. yeah, so you just need to be clear on what you're trying to say, I guess, for yeah, yeah, stage fear, just to get rid of that, yeah. So, one more thing I wanted to ask. Yeah? So, yeah. what, uh, yeah, what inspired? Did you sleep too? What? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what should students do to speak up and go about building their per- own personal brand? So, actually... by discussing uh, uh this building uh, uh, your personal brand it also includes uh, building your stage fear right yeah but personal brand personal brand and public speaking they, i don't think they are completely correlated because personal brand in personal brand you just make your you, you want to get your name out and you want to make people know a small is and make yourself authoritative in your domain and people should you should be the go to place for people to learn that i think that is one of the main things if you want to become a if you want to establish yourself as a person right yeah that's true but what i would say is they are uh, like instead of just focusing on your uh, uh, like online world among your uh, online circle on linkedin or your uh, uh, on twitter or facebook you can just go about building your personal brand in the form of seminars speeches like you can give it to your juniors so that they are able to recognize you right Yeah, but actually, online communities have lot of visibility. Millions and millions of people are actually using social media and stuff. But just when you are doing seminars, probably when you are starting, I don't think it will be as high as million. Maybe a hundred. Yeah, at most cases, at most number would be two hundred. Okay, that's that's actually fine, I guess, for a beginner. Yeah. Yeah, for a beginner, yeah. But personal branding, you know, why should people ask you, invite you to go to a college and? You see, how do they do it? If you if you if you have the service yourself as a brand, then why should people even come? To yeah, that that's a great point. Yeah, so you need to establish yourself. Or I think uh, building personal brand is not about just boasting about yourself and uh, just saying. Uh, yes, yeah, about providing value. Yeah. Not about what I can do. It's about what I can give. That's true. That's absolutely true. Do you know that a statistics by Wing Gauge say that 31% of consumers say trustworthiness is the most important brand attribute? Well, about 29% of consumers believe that creativity would take the next place and authenticity would take the third place. So, trustworthiness, creativity and authenticity, it plays an important role in attributing to a personal brand or a brand in general like a business brand it can be anything so you just have to build your uh, domain knowledge i guess uh, for example we are uh, technical content writers so we need to yeah. build our uh, domain knowledge uh, we need to yeah exactly uh, uh, and more than that i should i should let my imagination run wild Yeah, so you are a storyteller, right? Basically. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been aspiring to become a novelist since since second year of my college engineering, but still, creative side is what I want to do. Oh, that's really great! And what inspired you to start your personal branding journey on LinkedIn? 
Yeah, it's mostly about, it's not about I should become a well-known person, it's more about money for me because as a freelancer, if people are, if people don't know who I am and what I can deliver, of course I'm gonna fail. I'm doomed to fail as a freelancer if people don't know. So, process I'm all about letting people know what I can do and making them come to me instead of me cold calling and approaching investors or recruiters or decision makers that I, I can do, I can do for them, I can, what I can do. Yeah, so uh, basically companies they are going to receive uh, uh, like thousands of mails in a day, I guess. So yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. And why should they come to me? Why should, why they mm. should come, right? Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. So what are the challenges you faced and how you overcame it uh, while trying to build your brand on LinkedIn? Uh, I shouldn't say I faced much challenges because I knew how digital marketing works and what are the I knew every, I knew the fundamentals. So what I did was I I went through I, I, I first I identified who are my audience because a lot of people in LinkedIn a lot of people are sharing personal experiences what they learn from what they what they learn from their personal experience and a lot of stuff like that more personal. But for me, if I am doing that, will I will I, will I be able to grab the eyeballs of who should, who should see my content and since the recruiters see me as a potential hire because I'm hiring personal stuff I wasn't sure about that because if I, and when I'm not sure about that why would I do that that's why I started writing about writing uh, I started writing about blogging, personal branding and all and, and why, of course it works uh, why did you start parodying all the stereotypical uh, LinkedIn posts I'm sure I was also one of the victims <laughs> yes of course of course a lot inside a lot of posts were inspired from me oh from me yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could make, I could, I could say which one of them, but I don't want it to. Yeah, but it was, it was nice actually. Like I enjoyed it. Even I was able to understand which post you are meaning. Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, popna time aega. So yeah, according to you, so you have been putting all the parodies on LinkedIn. What are the mistakes yeah. people tend to do with personal branding? Okay, it's about, you know, sometimes when people when people are actually establishing themselves as a, if talking about me, I want to establish myself as one of the, someone who can deliver quality content, right? If, if I'm that one, then I don't need to get into meaningless arguments on regional, communal stuff. A lot of people are getting into communal stuff, even, even today, one of my, one of, one of my posts for a super, I was I, I mentioned something about Feminazi mm-hmm. and uh, that person actually said there is no such thing as Feminazi and we got into a kind of argument and I think that actually that, that, that doesn't serve the purpose. Mm-hmm. If, in, in, maybe if you are more diplomatic, I think that's better thing to do. Ah, uh, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I think I came through the statistic that is 77 percentage of consumers, right? They are huh? going to 77 percentage of consumers, like people who get the product or uh, who leverage the services. Okay. So they are going to trust a brand when they are seeing you. He is going to be more active on uh, the social media platform, preferably LinkedIn, I guess. Yeah, no, it's more know. about no. Uh, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's exactly the point. It's more about knowing the CEO. It it has a if if there is a better platform than. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how to how exactly to put it. For example, if I'm CEO of a company, mm-hmm. and people if people can know more about me, I think that will help build a good rapport and that will make people trust me. 
instead of that, instead of them having to go to a complete stranger and asking them to do something for them, I think if uh, if the CEO or if if anyone, if any decision maker is going to talk to people, going to interact with them, I think that clears the air of uh, nervousness or whatever that is. It makes people easy. It, it makes them look easy to approachable, and that's that's exactly what LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Yeah, I think that's one of the strategies of. Uh people like uh, top level ceos like uh, elon musk uh, uh steve jobs so people are uh, the fortune founded companies right uh, there are around yeah. the, like uh, as the name suggests 500 companies out of that we hardly know 10 ceos for example it can be jeff bezos or it can be um, elon musk yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's true yeah. so these people have successfully built their uh, personal brand compared to They are uh, contemporaries, I guess. Uh huh. No, I uh, I beg to differ. Okay. Because if they didn't let themselves know who they were, I don't think they were their audience. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. And because uh, if they if, if they if they decide that we want people, every one of them to know who we are, mm-hmm. then we would have known who we are by now, who they are by now. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And one more thing, uh, what I noticed in your post. You use posh vocabularies at times, and uh, uh, like it's little bit complicated, like uh, like whatever message you are trying to post on LinkedIn. So is it okay if we are using uh, uh, the novelistic uh, kind of uh, writing and explaining stuff on uh, social media instead of just going with uh, uh, text speech, like the shorthand version of? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I understand where you're going with it. Actually, rather than posh or rather than deciding between posh or simple, rather than putting it that way, it has everything to do with the audience. There are people who love sophistication in writing, and there are people who love complete simplicity. They don't want to, they don't want to take it further, and they don't want to be left running around. So, so I thought my audience would be entirely if I can write with such language. And you can say Hemingway, Hemingway, Hemingway is one of the best examples of writing. As his writing is as simple as you can get, as writing can get. Oh. But I believe, but there are there are magazines, economists. You know the economists, man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And the Hindu, you know the Hindu newspaper. Of course, yes. So that has yeah. been my best. They are one of the best. They 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 are known for their quality content. Mm-hmm. And yet they write their their writing. I don't think it's for everyone because not a lot of people are actually buying the economists and Hindu because the writing style is is more to how we describe it as posh. But still, they haven't changed it to complete simplicity like what Neil Patel or Branding does it. Do you think yeah. their audience will be enticed by this type, this kind of writing? So that's why they're doing it. And I think, and I thought, if I if I write with this, I will have more eyeballs than writing with the Hemingway style of writing. So you don't believe in a short and sweet, sweet kind of words? No, if, no, no, no. If, if that's not the case. If if my audience requires that, of course I'll write that. That's great. So it, it all depends on the audience, right? The your target yeah. audience. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's nice. We were tied to for writing uh, in a simple tone so that people, everyone, they are able to understand it. Because yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Yeah, and there is one more thing which I read. Ah, uh, this professor at uh, Winthrop University, like uh, she disagrees that uh, using uh, shorthand version of uh, English in textual form is going to just impact on your grammar or. Uh, The way you are going to conceive the message—it's not like what you are going to keep reading, uh, uh, like Indian authors. Uh, you are going to just lose your uh, 
flow on the the grip over the language so she has refused it up no but it has an impact on what whatever you read it has an impact on how you write yeah but whatever language the grammar if you learn from your school your native language your linguistic sounds and patterns it's all hardwired within us so i don't think i will completely get rid of that and just switch over to some simple words it's kind of like we are going to forget our mother tongue or our second language within a few days it's better to keep it short and simple right uh i don't think it again because okay. you know when i talk to people they say that i have a bit of an accent not too much you notice but when i'm when they can you see talking they say that you have a bit of an accent why are you mimicking the foreign style of thing okay. the thing was i learned english watching english movies and subtitles so of course i learned this one so but most of my conversations are with indians that rather the accent is not quite compared to english or british But still, I'm still. I have a bit of an accent, just one percent or two percent. I think that's the influence you get. Um, but if I, but if I keep watching English movies more and more, English movies, English movies, I think it will it will increase from one percent to five percent, ten percent. A lot of people who actually migrate from India to US or British, they have a completely different accent. Mm-hmm. Just one year or two years, their spoken everything is completely different. I think you know, you have noticed it. Yeah, yeah, I have noticed it. But still, ah. Uh, uh i think the language uh, whichever uh, they you have learned in your school or in your college uh, that's going to stick with you forever that's that's my opinion no okay, i think we can we can discuss this yeah yeah so you started uh, bidding on upwork right like your profile got uh, accepted i think a uh, month back you were telling me right that day yeah yeah i got Have yeah i got accepted yeah okay. but I, i haven't got much of much of it from because i need to Design this, so I don't. I don't think I can explain much about it. So yeah. So uh, how to get your profile uploaded on Upwork? You uh, know. No, no, let's not go there. Let's go to something else. No. Okay. Why? Why? No, because uh, because I'm not completely confident. I can I can import everything about Upwork because I know something, but I don't think I can completely explain it because I don't want to mistake people because I'm not sure of a lot of things. Okay, let's find that time. Yeah. So yeah, let's maybe talk about it and some other episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When when I when I get called, come up for definitely. Even if it's tomorrow, we can make another podcast of tomorrow too. Yeah. yeah. So what I think is, I just have to have a catchy title and without any grammatical mistakes, and you need to fill in every column. Sir. Yeah. So that's how my profile also got accepted. Like first two times, it got rejected. No, okay. Yeah, and I just got accepted only uh, a week back. So, yeah. No, okay, that's congrats. Yeah, thank you. But even I'm just thinking if I have to bid it or not. Uh, but you get a lot of foreign clients over there on Upwork. Hmm, maybe. But I don't think I have met a lot of foreign clients because a lot of people. Yeah, take time. You know, when you're actually yeah. starting a yeah, that's exactly exactly. So content writers they do something like they get projects from uh, not just content writers there are also agents uh, and uh, some of them you need to be like very wary about because uh, from content writers they what they do they just get the uh, you know the projects from the people uh, like from the foreign clients and they uh, they just charge you in peanuts. Yeah, yeah, they do that. They yeah. just go yeah. pay you in. Yeah, I have met a lot of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you are just going to get like, for example, if you are going to charge three rupees per word, you are just going to get some thirty paise. 
it's not yeah, even half exactly. yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. so you need to be yeah. careful of that i don't think i can buy even peanuts with that <laughs> that's true yeah especially in bangalore right yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah so uh, like who is your inspiration neil patel or gary or uh, jk dhuls that ah uh, no i i don't see myself as a digital master mm-hmm. in 10 years of time i want to become uh, i want to make a living as a novelist i know it's a lot of thing a lot of tons and tons of aspiring novelists and it's blood bath out there mm-hmm. but i believe i have what it takes to be a novelist and in fact i wrote a, around a uh, i wrote a novel i haven't named it and it's not any publishing but it spans around a lakh of 50000 words and uh, yeah i think i should make a lot of edits so completely write something new so before i can get into publishing before i can get into the stage of publishing that's really superb yeah and all the very best for that so vinith what tips yeah. would you give to someone who has just begun out in the field of content writing well the first thing would be to write from the perspective of the audience the audience matters most okay and the second thing would be to improve your language for the you can I mean books and novels are good but i haven't extracted the juice from them it takes a long it takes a long time for me to extract juice from novels but you know journals you mean, I mean extract the information and the theme yeah no no not the information extract the, you know when you're reading a sentence you just just lose your mind I mean not it doesn't exactly have to be the meaning it conveys but the way the structure but the way it has been put together the word the way the words have been put together the way uh, the tone it means and everything about the sentence just blows your mind and i have come across more sentences and more phrases like that in editorial columns mostly from newspaper editorial columns because they are mostly written by elite so mm-hmm. yeah i would recommend reading those okay and thanks a lot vinita for uh, being a part of the show and it was uh, really memorable for me and i'm going to cherish it forever oh thank you the pleasure is mine yeah enjoyed listening to the podcast Well, I am glad that you have made it to the end. And I am sure that by the end of this season, you are going to know what is personal branding all about and how to build your robust personal brand. So, until the next episode, see you and take care. And this is Amrita Angappa signing out. Yeah, bye.